Welcome to the Float Your Boat podcast about how everyday people created their road to success. The highs, the lows, pitfalls and potholes and how they overcame it all. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome everybody to another episode of Float Your Boat. Uh, I'm George Sabados and you are? Brett Pattinson. And who do we have on today, Brett? Sally Cameron. Sally Cameron from The Idea of North, uh, a popular popular band popular in my family anyway do you oh, know that's nice to hear hi hi I'm boys actually, i'm actually giggling because this is take two <laughs> because george and i yeah. forgot to turn the mics yes, on. yes, yes we're, we're like a couple of keystone cops but we'll get there sally I, I must say that my my just for your information you're very popular in our house Thank you, you really so are. Much. Your band is well loved by my daughters. Oh. I won't even begin to think that my daughters would get, uh, uh, you know, get to your standard. But tell us a little bit about how you fell in love with music. Hmm. Well, it happened very early on. Uh, my mother was a music teacher, and I think she recognised a bit of musicality in myself. And actually, all of my siblings were very musical, also. Really. But um, yeah, I just remember singing. Uh, a lot at church and we would sing around the piano every night uh, my mother and I and uh, I just thought that was normal I thought that everyone did that <laughs> I guess singing around the piano I grew like up straight out of the 1940s I, I know I grew up doing that and then yeah I played instruments also but then eventually um, you know something has to get chosen as your main focus so um, by the time I finished uh, high school I decided I was going to be a professional singer. Yeah. So, a fun fact, Sally. Mm-hmm. You, according to my in-depth research, was in the South Australian Police Band? Yes, that's right. That was my first job straight out of university. Uh, and, um, yeah, I think when you're you're thinking about a career in music... Uh, as a 21-year-old, you not you don't necessarily think that that's going to be your first, you know, employment, but it was, and I was very grateful for that, you know, um, to be employed in such a secure position as a musician, have a weekly salary coming in, you know, uh, and it was really quite an incredible um, job. I, w- I was there for six years, and we basically performed at least every day, um, sometimes twice a day. So out of general events, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of a a PR exercise for the police force, basically. We were out there um, sort of giving a nice friendly face to the police force in in South Australia, and we would perform for people of all ages and, yeah, all all throughout the community. We travelled a little bit, but mostly around South Australia. As a, as a musician, you're, you're learning all of your life anyway. Nobody really becomes a professional musician because they make the decision to do so at the age of 30 or something. Mm. You know, you're, you're doing that all of your life. But at that time, uh, doing so many different performances and different genres of music for different um, age groups and, and all over the place, you know, every day the, your office is different. And it was just such great training, you know, learning to talk to audiences um, and, and, you know, sing in all these different styles. And how long did that last for before you moved to the next phase of your career? Uh, well, I was, I was there for six years and then I got a job with the Idea of North in Sydney. So I moved here 10 that, years well, ago. That's a, big jump. that's a big jump. So how? So let's just go back a bit. So that was when? 2010? Uh, so 2001, I got the job with Police Band. And yes. then in 2007, I moved to Sydney for Idea of North. So it's been 10 years yeah, that I've been here. And the here. Idea of North started, started quite a bit Earlier than that, yes. 93 or something? Yes, uh, yeah, it's been Which is amazing. Well, it's amazingly years. long. I know, it is, isn't career, it? Especially since it's still on the rise. It's not like it's oh, That's very decline. nice of you to say. <laughs> so are there any original members from from the band still there? Or the fr- yes. Really? Yeah. So um, how many are there? Well, so it's a quartet, two girls, yes. two guys, and both of the guys are original from founding members. Yeah. I know. Guys don't like change as much as girls. Is that right? right? They'll just hang around. Uh, Well, that was a big. It was a big jump, though. I mean, we're talking about you know uh, being in in a police band in in Adelaide mm. to suddenly being a member of 
the idea of North, which I'm assuming at the time was just hitting its strides and becoming internationally recognised? Yeah, they certainly had already established a, a good a good reputation and we've you know managed to really push that for the next 10 years. Well, actually, for the listeners who don't know anything about the idea of North, yeah. maybe you'd want to explain exactly what type of band it is. Yeah. Well, it's just the four singers. We're a cappella, so mm-hmm. there are no other instruments, just the four of us, soprano, alto, tenor and bass. Um, and I suppose a lot more people these days are familiar with the sound of a cappella music, um, you know, thanks to movies like Pitch Perfect and shows like Glee. Uh, but, you know, for a long time there, even especially in Australia, it, we had to really educate people, a lot of people, as to what, what does a cappella mean, mm. you know, and so... I, um, it's getting easier for us. I um, had my. Wa- I was looking at you on YouTube the other day, and um, you did a Sarah McLaughlin oh, song, yeah. which is. I've got to say, your voice is unbelievably oh, beautiful. Thank you. But, but I called my wife in and I said, "Have a listen to this. We're we're interviewing a, a big star on Friday," <laughs> <laughs> and she said, "So where is the?" Where are the where is the bass and the drums and stuff? And I said, "There's no bass and drums. It's an acapella." And she went, "But I can hear all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I know it's remarkable. I mean, my kids play. Like I said, my kids play your music all the time. They love it. Oh, that's lovely. Um, I'm not a doting dad. Uh, my daughter aspires to be being an opera singer. My oldest one, but wow. uh, you know whether she gets there or not will be up to her. Yeah. Uh, however. Um, it's such a beautiful thing for someone to have a voice. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah and, you're, and you're blessed with that. So you must feel pretty lucky. Absolutely. You know, I'm I'm very fortunate um, to to have this talent. To um, but you know, this obviously there's a lot of work um, that goes in with it. And like I said before, it's it's something that you prepare for all of your life. So your daughter right now, this is. This is all part of it. You know, I practiced so much when I was a kid and through my high school years and you're, you start working, you know, it, at, at that age in high school, I started teaching music and it's a long journey and it's never really over. <laughs> you know, it's one of those careers where you, you never really feel, okay, that's it. I've achieved what I wanted, what I set out to achieve. You're always pushing for a better performance and for more music and more creations and, yeah. So even though you've, you guys have won an aria re- recently. Is We've it won recent? a couple of arias yeah. over the years. So even though you've yeah. reached that, which in Australia is pretty well the pinnacle. Yeah. But so what's the next step? Yeah, good yeah, question. Yeah. We we often have those meetings where we'll, well, not often actually. Now and then we'll sit down and go, okay, well, you know, what what's the next step? What do we want to achieve? And it will often be, um, you know, what's the next album that we want to put together? And you know, what music are we after as a group? And where do we want to travel to? And who do we want to work with? And this kind of thing. So there's always more. There's always, always more. Golden well, carrot <laughs> dangling. Well I'm, well, I'm just curious. I mean, it, 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 does a band, a band that's been around since 1993, can I call, them a ba- call you yeah, a band? Yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah. I'm assuming there's a business plan. Is that correct? Yeah. Would, would a band have a business plan? Uh, we know, do. We, we absolutely do, do yes. Um, what, what's the grand vision that's been set for the, for the, for the band? Hmm. Well, <laughs> it's early, you know, we're, we're probably about to sit down and do one of those now. Right, but, okay, but what's but, yeah. it look like to you? Well, like I said, I guess it's 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 more of what we've done but better and just, you know, hoping to um, work, with, work with more people and record more mm. music and keep our standard really high. We have to practice a lot. You know, people say, oh, you've been together that long and mm. you have all this repertoire and you can probably just, you know, you don't really need to see each other. You just rock up and do the gig now. <laughs> But it's not like that. It's continuous, continuous rehearsal to keep us at that high standard. So, so is there a is there like a in the background? Is there a marketing plan? Is there a, a PR plan? Like, I mean, I come from a music background. Yeah. But in the eighties, there wasn't all the digital stuff that's happening now. Our form of marketing was poll posters. That was about it. Right. 
So now... It is a different ball game now, isn't yeah. it, with the social media and everything? I don't understand and I, it at all. I love the way this sounds where you're listing off all of these plans. <laughs> like yeah. we, it, it would be wonderful just to have, you know, staff members and they were all in charge of one of those things. Mm. Um, but, you know, I think any professional musician out there listening knows that that's just, just not how it is. Happen. You know, you don't... That's there's so much money involved in paying people to do that but mm. so really you have to wear all of those hats and you have to be able to do it yourself so the four of us manage the group together and you know over the years we've tried a few different styles but that seems to be what works for us you know it's mm. our company and um we know what the music and we know the performance so intimately because we are the performers and it just has worked best that way for us to do all of that so all of our own marketing and right. um, promotions so you don't have a machine of, of, of assistance behind you like no a, so you, you handle you wear all the hats we do we wear all of the hats so my question would be how do you manage since there's four of you to not have that situation that rock bands often have where they split up because of musical differences yeah I found that even in business, usually there's a man, there's somebody that's driving the the juggernaut, mm-hmm. if you like, for want of a better term. Mm. But it seems to me that you guys all have an equal say, and you all get on really well. Mm. Yeah, well, that's really important. And over mm. these years, we've learnt a lot about that. You know, it's not perfect. Mm. None of us are perfect, and we all you know make mistakes there. But we think we're pretty good at being accountable to each other and. We've really nurtured the relationships over the years. We've, you know, worked very hard at keeping that all okay because Mm. if it's not, then the whole product would just fall away. Mm. You know, Mm. you you have to stand up there next to each other and present joy and emotion, all kinds of emotions to people um, that have paid to come and experience that. So, Mm. you know, it's it's. All one and the same. It's one big package. So the family has to be tight and okay with each other, mm. and then you can give your 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 voices to everyone. But uh, so you know, I, I think I would encourage small groups of people working together to really nurture that over the years. I mean, um, none of us have been in relationships with each other, which is That's a good start. which is you know a good start. We all um, have. Other partners with real jobs. Um, <laughs> to, uh, pay yeah. <laughs> to pay for our life in the well, music that was, industry. That was one of the natural questions to, mm. to follow. Um, yes, I get you're passionate about singing. Mm-hmm. But obviously you need to put food on the table for your family. So mm-hmm. uh, is there a, is there a um, like, uh, are there financials attached to your business, your band business plan mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you have to achieve certain revenue Re- revenue objectives. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you have those? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's part of being in business, right? But yeah. I know, I know, um, but what came first? It was a bit of a chicken the egg argument. Did your passion lead to the money or did you chase the money first and then it became a passionate job? I can't really answer that on behalf of the group because I wasn't there for the very no, no, beginnings. But um, for me, definitely the passion. I mean, you you learn pretty early on that um, you don't go into the music industry for the money. (laughs) (laughs) Right. You know, and, (laughs) and, and I think that's, that's just something you have to be okay about really early on, or there's no point. You have to be completely in love with music. And basically you don't necessarily choose to do music. It chooses you. It might sound corny, but it's true. I know I, I didn't feel like, I could say no to this vision in my life. You know, it just was there and this is what was going to happen and mm-hmm. I can earn money from it, which is great. Um, you know, and I suppose at this age, you know, I'm 37 and you sort of, there's a, you know, the balance kind of tips a bit more into you have to start thinking more responsibly <laughs> and, you know, now you have mortgages and yeah. families and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, I think you, you do think more about the money now at this age trying to balance it someone said uh, recently uh, a Sydney musician actually I'm not sure who said this but it really resonated with me and it 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 was the three m's if you if someone asks you to do a gig you need to be able to tick two out of the three m's and they are music mates money right so if the music's good 
and you're playing with your mates, but the money's not very good. It's you, okay. You probably still enjoy the gig. But if the money's really good and your mates are there, doesn't matter if they're asking you to play just Spice Girls all night. So you still do it. <laughs> unless unless you know? it's a brass section and then it's usually MMM, money, money, money. <laughs> sorry, right, no. sorry, sorry, friends. Well, there, are, there are no brass instruments in my group. I don't yes, know what you're, you're referring like, to. <laughs> in fact, there are no instruments. So no I, instrument. think, I think yeah, you, you're quite a, it's quite easy to maintain the costs of the band. <laughs> well... Um, we know that the touring rig is probably not as big as most I, bands. We yeah, just have. I don't think you have road cases. Well, we, we have two. We have, you know, we take our desk and our mics. And mics. Right, right. Ain't right. nobody touching my mic. You understand yeah, that, yeah, George, yeah. right? It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's got oh, my name on oh, it. Oh, is that <laughs> special? Yeah. I didn't know that. It's special. <laughs> <laughs> that's so, really, that's yeah. more about germs and, yeah, um, and EQing than anything yeah. else. I uh, I have uh, you know you know I remember back to when I I was at high school. Mm. In fact, my oldest two girls are going to. She's that far back. You remember? Yes, that far. <laughs> barely, barely. Two weeks ago. But you know, not many kids played music. It seems like every kid now goes through mu- music courses and learns how to play, pick up an instrument and play it reasonably well. Mm. That's how it seems to me. The mm. music department in my school has grown tenfold mm. how, I, how I remember it. And that's happening globally in every school. Mm. It seems like there will be such a flood of talented people mm. in the music industry. It boggles my mind as to how any of them are going to make money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? because, mm-hmm. it, because it was hard enough. I, I mean, I went to, um, I was, I grew up in the Shire. I went to Carrenbar High School, and in our music class, there was seven kids. Yeah, right. And we were tortured by all the other kids for playing music, mm-hmm. especially me. I played trumpet. I used to, well, they used to call me a, all sorts of things. Sure. I was going to say oh, something inappropriate then, but, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> which, which forced me to, as soon as I left school, to move out of. But now, mm. that's. Even back in the Shire, I'm sure that mm-hmm. every school has massive music programs. I know that my son and my daughter both are both doing lots of music. My son plays trumpet and piano, and also, and I know that Sophia does as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but now mm. it's massive. So I wonder how moving forward, mm. how, how and with digital and mm. with not people selling as many CDs, etc. Yeah. How the hell mm. does everybody? Yeah, it is a really interesting time in mm. the music industry. It's, you know, I, we haven't really seen this before. And that's very interesting to hear your perspective on on the schools sort of putting more of a emphasis on making it more of a everyone does this in year 10 or whatever. Mm. And I, I'm really pleased to hear that. I think that's mm. wonderful. Music is great training for people, no matter what you're going to do in your life. You know, there's great evidence now that it's really good for brain and forming pathways and, mm. um, you know, your coordination and concentration. And, you know, there are a lot of benefits um, that everyone can get. And, you know, singing's really, really good for you. So I'm very pleased to hear that. And with the industry at the moment, with, you know, we have a lot of TV shows, I won't put an adjective Mm. in front of it, um, where, you know, a lot more uh, people are coming out of the woodwork and you can get fairly famous by By doing a couple of gigs on TV. And and it's kind of, it's confusing, I think, Mm. for people who genuinely, young people who genuinely want to be a professional musician. From a business point of view, your band, its unique selling point Mm. is that you're a vocal group, Mm -hmm. which there isn't as, because everybody, most kids want to play in a band. And it's just, it's very difficult. There's singing and then there's singing a cappella. I mean, it is really hard. And, um, you know, one person to a part, all in individual microphones, there's nowhere to hide. That's what I mean. Like, listening to you guys, I was like, how did that, how for four minutes do you maintain the bass, Mm. for instance, Mm. or the rhythm? Yeah, so basically Andrew, who sings bass, he, um, over the years, has developed um, a way of singing vocal percussion at the same time, uh, which is really incredible. It's great to hear, and, you know, if you hear him just singing by himself, it's really quite amazing. But, yeah, he creates a beautiful foundation for the rest of us to sing on, and a lot of groups would have uh, a bass singer and a percussionist. Um, So, but, you know, we just... Cut costs and having and the I, one guy. And I guess all, the, <laughs> I guess all of that 
allows your extraordinary voice to shine because they're doing, they're holding you up to be able to let, make you shine. It is lovely to have it that. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Solid. We were talking about it in the cafe before we came over that mm. we were both in awe of the, of what you guys do with just voices, mm. oh, which, thank uh, you. which is amazing, isn't it? And, and I take it that, um, you know, that each person plays a distinct role within the band and there's no real crossover, right? There is some crossover, but you're right in both respects. Yes, everybody does have their role. I sing soprano, so generally I take care of the higher notes. Do you understand any of this, George? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Barely. Thanks to my daughter's oh, yeah. music <laughs> classes. So I've, right. uh, I've been re-educating dads. myself after 30 years. <laughs> I was asked to, I was asked to uh, pick up the saxophone back in year 10, and I did. And that was about as far as I got. You picked it up. <laughs> I picked it up. Put it back and, in the case. And, and I didn't, I, I had no musical talent. I, I thought so. I was yeah, into sports. But um, yeah. it's remarkable the amount of talent, yes, the latent talent that's uh, being being developed in, in kids. Um, but, you know, you, you um, my question to you is whether you had a clear objective as to where you were going. I think I did. And maybe... It wasn't so conscious. It just was. Well, tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, well, how how uh, long ago did you realise? Very, you very early. I I can't ever remember wanting to do anything else other than be a musician. So, I didn't go through schooling and think, oh, I wonder what I'll do. <laughs> and it's really interesting because I know that's not normal for people. And I, I remember going through my schooling, and you know, I. You'd start a new year level at school and you'd have to choose your subjects and all this. And I'd be like, oh, I don't know. You know what? I don't really care. I just want to practice. <laughs> can we can we be done with, you know, studying German now or biology? Because <laughs> I know that's not what I'm going to do. But, um, you know, so I was really, I was kind of annoyed at school. I could not wait for it to be over so I could right. just get out there into the music industry. Oh, and wow. it was just, I found it to be such a waste of time but my parents insisted that I finish school which was a good thing I think yeah. you know um, but yeah I was always trying to get out of class and be like oh no I've, I've got a saxophone lesson so I I can't come to maths today so, Mr. so in your spare time do you play music <laughs> Do you, do you, I mean, do you play an instrument still? Uh, I don't now, but I did. I right. played saxophone and, so, yeah, and violin wow. for many, many years. Yep. So, so when you're not singing and practicing and mm. running a business, yeah, and there's nothing family, else and running, left. <laughs> running a relationship and all the other things, yeah. do you have another passion? Do you, um, or do you do something yeah. and it all relates to music? You know, uh, yeah, all. I guess in a way. I mean, you guys probably know when you when you run your own business, it's kind of always there. Mm. You don't head into the office and from nine to five or whatever. <laughs> this is when you're thinking about that. So it's kind of it's just always there, isn't it? And mm. um, I've found that you actually have to consciously book time in to switch off. So, you know, in I Drift North, we have our holidays booked in quite early so that everyone can plan with their holidays and say, right, we're not going to book any gigs over this period of time. We always take Christmas off with our families and um, just encourage each other to really switch off from work. Sally, you know, there's a, there's a, uh, a, common, a, a common belief that um, for anyone to be uh, exceptionally good at anything, they need to put in approximately 10,000 hours mm. of practice before mm. the age of 18 I believe mm. or at at least till till a very young age is that right yeah, apparently um, the question the question for those listeners who might be interested in you know being successful in music or mm. any any other endeavor just how many hours per week did you put in practice from and from mm. the age of when interesting question well my first memory of performing I was five years old five yep and I still remember doing that and I remember the rehearsals leading up to it it was at my dancing uh, dancing end of year uh, concert and my best friend and I we were singing my old black billy and mum was playing the piano yep so I just I remember having to get up on dad's desk back at home you know in the in the study and pretend that that was the stage and we would we would practice our song for performing and 
yeah, I just got up there and did it. And I can't really believe that when I think about a five-year-old just getting up in front of hundreds of people and just doing that song. It's Again, it's just what I thought that people did. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, um, practice-wise, hours every day. Uh, you know, I, I, I assume it would be 10,000 at least by oh, the time I was actually oh, no, no doubt. No yeah. doubt. I mean, you were, you were immersed in a musical, mu- musically inclined school, so... Yeah, it was at least six hours there. Mm-hmm. And you know <laughs> yeah. what? When I went to this school, so I'd come from Macambi, where I was kind of like like you might have felt, you know, the only trumpet player in the in the mm. school or whatever. And I was it wasn't a music school at all. The one I was at in Macambi, and I was very unusual. And I remember on my last day leaving school, year eight, I they asked me to get up and sing the national anthem. So I did just, you know, a cappella, and everyone was kind of like, what is she doing? What is this? Who are you? Anyway, so I moved to Adelaide and immediately I was just surrounded by these incredible musicians. You know, we were 13 years old and I could not believe what I was hearing. We'd do concert practice and then someone would get up and play Rachmaninoff on the piano and then, you know, somebody else would get up and go, oh, I just wrote this song today for my friend and, you know, play a song that they just composed and I was like, what is this? Oh, my goodness. And I just couldn't believe how amazing it felt to be surrounded by people who were like-minded. It was just incredible how talented people were and that really spurred me on. I was like, right, this is it. This is what we're doing. And we would get together at lunchtimes and, you know, arrange music and sing in harmonies and try this, try that. Yeah. So, so all of that being said, there's, Mm. there's loads of talented people, which is, yeah, amazing. And Mm -hmm. there's probably going to be more in the next generations to come. (laughs) How do you cut through in the music business Mm -hmm. like you guys? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know that there's any real magic answer to that. But, but it there would, must be in mm. some, from from a, uh, you know like a business point of view. Yeah, there must be some special source, for want of a better term, that makes you yeah. guys stand out from the rest. I mean, apart from mm-hmm. the obvious talent. Mm. Because there's millions of talented musicians that never get that are playing in you know yeah. in their bedrooms yes. you know at the age of fifty and, yeah. and they've tried but they haven't got anywhere yeah. and they're equally as talented yeah so what is it with you guys? Well, we're unusual. We're a niche, that's for sure. And so people are always surprised that they can enjoy four singers in the way that they can. I think we want to find that balance between surprising people about that. You know, and also not having them sitting there thinking there are no instruments here <laughs> for the whole show. For we want people show, just to come yeah. and enjoy oh, music. So, so singing groups, a cappella groups, mm. often have other things happening in their show that may sort of pad it out? Or are you guys unique in that for an hour and a half or for however long your performance is, all you do is singing? Uh, well, I think we're just we're unique in that there are not very many professional a cappella groups in Australia. So, yeah. the a cappella groups that I know, yes, they 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 do have the same format. They'll sing, mm. you know, a whole show of just voices, but they're just not really out there so much so in, it comes in Australia. Down to- the skill of it, the practice, the... You've got to be the best at what you do. You've got to have something that's different from everything else that's on offer. You've got to strategically um, perform in the right places the right amount of times. You've got to build up your fan base. You have to know what's going on with social media. You cannot ignore that. Um, And videos, recordings, really um, uh, communicate with your supporters mm. we really communicate with them so they write to us on facebook we're the ones writing back they write to us on fan mail it's us that they're talking to we always go out after every single show to talk to the crowd we're very interactive during during yeah. the performance um and just nurturing that you know because that they're the ones that keep you they're your employers they're the ones that are keeping you in the business so that would be the things I say. But I, there are other people who go about it differently, finding mm. their break. You know, you can go on a TV show. That is an option these days. Mm. So mm. if that's for you, then give that a bell because it works for some people. <laughs> I, I do remember um, taking the whole family to uh, uh, watch you sing, well, hear you sing oh, yeah. at, at uh, Double Bay. There was a little Ah, yeah, little there used to be a, 
Blue Beat, they used to that, be that a beautiful jazz it. club there, and, yeah. Uh, and and you you guys did take the time out to uh, walk in amongst the crowd and you know uh, you know shake hands with the great unwashed, and it was great. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was great. But you know, getting back to you know your 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 drive to be the best at your game. My question, my question is, well, how do you how do you measure that, and and how big's the competition? Mm. How big's the competition? I mean, do you measure yourself just within the confines of Australia or globally? Like, I mean, how bold is your 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 measure? Mm. Uh, both Australia okay. and and globally. All right. And for how sure. big would you say the the global market is for acapella bands? It's much bigger outside of Australia. Right. I'll definitely say yeah. that. Um, like I said before, we're sort of, you know, people are much more educated these days about what acapella is and what sure. people can do and how they can, it can be for everyone. You can all, <laughs> for the whole family, you can all enjoy it. Um, but yes, for a long time, we've had to travel to really um, be amongst the communities that uh, know about acapella and enjoy it. So you know, throughout America and throughout Europe, in England, Wales, people are all in choirs throughout school. Mm. You know, it's, there's a lot less of a stigma attached to um, being a choral yeah, right. singer. Um, throughout Southeast Asia, um, or just Asia in general, Japan, acapella is very popular there. South Korea, very popular. They have purpose-built theatres for acapella. Um, wow. You know, and we've done m- some massive shows over there that you know we would never get those you know thousands of people here in Australia. Yeah. We've had you know acapella festivals and vocal festivals around the world that that we've attended have been really incredible. The sort of stuff you just don't really see in Australia. And in the early days, when you tried to um, you know measure like go out there and, and compete and measure yourself against uh, bands internationally, who was funding all that? Yeah, nobody. Nobody. Okay, <laughs> so there was no sponsorship, no, no music company behind you or anything no. like that. Wow. So yeah, cool. we haven't really had that over the years, and that's part, probably it's partly a lack. Like it's really competitive to get grants and that kind of thing, but also it just hasn't been one of our um, main talents. You know, you have to be good at writing grant applications, that kind of thing. We, it's not something we've spent enough time on, I think. But, you know, there are so many things we'd love to do that we don't have the time for that we'd like to do better. But, yeah, it's it's such a sacrifice, um, you know, especially in the early days. Mm. Um, but, you know, before you have families and children to look after and really heavy mortgages, that's the time to do it, you know, yeah. get overseas yeah. and, and, try and try and get your name out there and... Well, I hope that's all paying dividends now. <laughs> but I imagine, uh, as as an outsider to the music industry, I imagine that's the manager's job. Is that correct? To yeah, that's right. That's why I exactly. asked about, about a manager yep. before, mm-hmm. because you know the music. You know, the musicians are trying to focus on their craft and, mm. their, yes. and getting better and rehearsals mm-hmm. and the new ideas. Mm. Usually, there's somebody in the background out there. Spruiking that's right and that creativity i was reading about that recently it comes when you have the headspace for it Mm. it's really difficult to sort of sit down and be like oh okay i'm going to be creative now when your mind is racing with how many tickets have i sold for blah 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 have we advertised (coughs) this enough have i booked the flights and the accommodation for that tour you know have i you know all of this stuff goes through your head wearing all of these hats um that's that's been um, quite a journey, learning to switch that off when you walk on stage and go right yeah, right. now's the time. Because they'd be the things that would really um, that take you away from your craft and, for want of a better mm-hmm. term, piss you off as mm-hmm. well. Because mm-hmm. you're in your oh, head, yeah. you're going, "How are we going to make this tour work? Mm-hmm. We've got, we can't get cheap airfares." I yep. mean, usually there's somebody in the background pulling their hair yeah. out, doing that yeah. stuff, and that would be so great. You know, we dream about that all the time. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's just amazing. I want somebody else to pull their hair yeah, out. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we haven't found that person. I really. I'd be so happy for any professional musician that finds that person for them. And a lot of people do. And I think if you can do it early on, great. Yeah, so um, I also, once again on YouTube, I love YouTube, Hmm. I noticed you were on TED 
You did a TED talk. We did, yeah, Tell that was cool. That. It was a TEDx talk. TEDx talk, yeah. So it's like the mini TED. It's still, it's still TED. It's still TED. It's yeah. still pretty amazing. Yeah, it was really an honour to be asked to do that actually, and and I thought it it slotted in quite well. I think it was really interesting for people. It was so different, which is of course what the TED TED talks are all about. You know, you go along and learn something that you have no idea about it, and it was so interesting hearing you know the other performers and stuff. And I've watched TED talks before online, so it was it's a little bit hard because. You know, we have these performances where people will pay money and come to see us. They know what they're coming to generally Mm. and um, they're there for us. Whereas this audience was was anyone. They certainly weren't acapella fans there to learn about acapella. So you've got 15 minutes, you know, (laughs) right. Just get out there and sing something and make people sing in harmony. And so dragging them out of their comfort zones was a little harder than it might be with our audience who had come to see us so because they weren't people who had necessarily really ever sung or ever tried to sing in harmony before so yeah, right. we got them all singing it was great fun yeah it was good it was, yeah, i really enjoyed it <laughs> I mean, i've been a bit of a ted addict over mm. the years but um, mm. i hadn't watched any for a long time and then you guys were there i thought i'll watch <laughs> this so what does 2017 hold for you guys Mm, well, we've got a few uh, trips coming up. We're going to Germany again this year, and it's been a little while since we've been to Germany, so Fantastic. that will be nice. Um, some, you know, some New Zealand. We're going to be working uh, with our beatboxer mate from Japan. Um, yeah, another album this year. You perhaps? Well, actually, weren't you recording an album uh, when we met you prior to Christmas? Were you finishing off an album or? I no, no, she don't think, I think so. No, I think, no. I think we, we met Sally here and she was doing her show. Oh, yes. pre recording stuff. That's right, show. that's how we met. We met over a mic. Over a microphone. <laughs> Surprisingly. <laughs> not, not her mic. <laughs> no, don't touch These that. common mics that have spittle from everyone on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not coping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not coping, okay. Well. So, um,. I guess if have we got a shameless self promotion yes. mm. right now? Moment. Well, why don't you tell us how our listeners, mm. as our huge audience gets bigger, mm. where they can find you on social media, etc. Right. Okay. Well, there's the work I do with Idea of North. So we have a beautiful, sparkly website, mm. idea. dot com. dot au. Idea. dot com. dot au. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, they can join us on the mailing list there. We don't email people too much, so you're safe. That's good. We play around town, around Sydney. We play around Australia. We play around the world. So coming to a theatre near you. How do people find gigs these days? I mean, back back in mm. my day, it was drum media and, right. and gig guides. Yep. Do, they, do they still have that? Yeah, there's that sort of thing. Is it online now? Is it? Yes, and they have them online also. And just Facebook, I guess, and going yeah. directly to the venue that's that's near you that you want to see. So Facebook's the idea of North? Facebook, yep. Forward forward slash the idea of North. Twitter, Instagram, all of that. And uh, and what about you and your radio program, which is here? Yes. When is that? That's month. I do Friday nights. Friday nights. Yes, a Friday night jazz session, Find Music 102.5. Excellent. With Sally Cameron every Friday night for four and a half years now. Um, yeah, and I also do some solo work as well. So I have a, a band page on Facebook, Sal Cameron, music, Twitter, all of that. Well, is there anything is there anything the audience needs to be aware of that's happening with a band in the next month to two months that they need to be aware of right now? What's what's the biggest thing on the horizon? Um, we have a gig tonight. Oh, yeah. oh yes, <laughs> yeah, we have a gig tonight at Foundry uh, in Ultimo. Um, uh, what are we doing? What are we doing? We're going to, yeah, Germany. We're doing a lot of cruise ships, I suppose. You could get on a cruise ship with us. No, well, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, cruising isn't for everyone. No, I'm not. A cruise ship depends on the cruise ship. I grew, ship, I grew up, I mean, my I, father was an entertainer. And oh, we really? Grew, I grew up on cruise ships. And I loved it when I was a kid. And yeah. then our band did a cruise ship um, for a Contiki tour oh, on, on, no. a, on a ship called the Alexander Pushkin. And it was probably the worst thing mm. I'd ever done. Mm. The band, we ended up, we almost 
exploded. We almost broke up. Uh, it was so ugly. Because you had to just cabin fever, live with each other too much. And you had to do two gigs in 14 nights. Yeah, and, that's and the problem, isn't a, it? you've got a ship full of under 35-year-olds that all want to hang out with you every day. Yeah. Not, not sounding like I'm trying to be... No, I hear you. I, you know, it's like, no, no, I don't want to drink vodka at 7 in the morning. Mm. You know, that sort of thing. And... And we did. <laughs> well, I can't say that I've been on a cruise ship with like that. under 35s. Yeah, yeah. Or really I think cruise ships are great now. 75s. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, actually, there's a real... What do they call those? Safety ramps everywhere yeah, and well, yeah. frames. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you whole. joke. You joke, George, but that's the scene. Oh, really? Oh, really? Well, yeah. Sometimes. They're not all like that. Sometimes. They're not all like that. We work with lots of different... ships. Are a bit oh, amazing. They, do they get up and dance and, uh, or do they just sit there? Uh, like, generally, you know, we're in the in the theatre, so it's a bit, bit hard to get up and dance. They've actually got <laughs> theatres, George. They don't have, it's not massive like theatres. It's not a cabaret room anymore. They've got all theatres In all truth, I have never been on a cruise ship. Ah, well, so all right. You are not off. a part of this conversation. I've seen them come off cruise ships. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, I think these days it's a good option for fans. Anyway. There's quite a resurgence yeah. happening with cruise ships. They're, they're yeah. having a new heyday. Right. Yeah. yeah. We haven't really done do many you, cruise do ship you gigs, teach? but. I do, yes. Well, there you go. How, do, how does somebody like. George's daughter, how do, how do they find you? You can just go to my website and email me, sallycameron.com.au. Archipella or singing in general? Like it's, uh... Well, all of those things, but usually I teach one-on-one with vocalists. Fantastic. Classical or jazz or both. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, she's a musician. She has to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, it's you good if you can. On, yeah. You don't have a basket at Martin Place, do you? I don't, no. no. <laughs> George. <laughs> you broke I'm going to take you off ago. the mic in a minute. You're going to be banned from the microphone <laughs> in a minute. <laughs> I'm telling you. But maybe I should consider it. I'll consider it. Martin Place, you say. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think it's good if you can teach, you know, if you... But it's not everyone can. You know, you've no. got to... You have to have an interest in it. There's nothing worse than you know trying to learn from someone I who's not really passionate about it. Teachers that don't, but yeah. there are a lot. So I know from my own experience with my son and my daughter, they're fortunate to have really yeah. passionate teachers at their school, like great. Their school, and they've got a great music program, and the teachers are really great. Yeah, cool. In fact, I've played with half of them. So <clears throat> I find it quite rewarding. Yeah. You know, have I, that. How could you not? Well, it's the thing is with a on. performance, you know, you'll you'll perform and there will be some kind of give and take between you and the audience and then you all walk away at the end of the night. Mm. And you never see those people again unless they come to your next show. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. But uh, with a student, you know, you can watch them grow. Just analyze what's going on right at the very beginning and, and I think immediately I think right these are the things we need to work on. Um let's yeah. do this. So just giving them these these little tasks bit by bit to, yeah. you know, and when they when they get something well, and they feel absurd. so proud of themselves, and mm-hmm. it's it's really rewarding to to be able to affect someone in that I way. Think that's a great a so, great mm. gift. So I think you've just answered the question of what floats your boat. Okay, so what are the values that you think others who want to reach the dizzy heights that you've reached today um, but they're young and they're aspiring what kind of values do you think they should try and develop the values that you hold dear hmm surround yourself with perhaps like-minded people at least surround yourself with people that inspire you and make you better Mm -hmm. Um, you know I think I'm very big on positivity and I'm I'm quite an optimistic person by nature. But um you have to marry that with the reality of the effort that it's going to take to get there. And the thing is that if you you know I'm really lucky I suppose in this industry that the passion uh you know and and what I desire is really enjoyable. So I enjoy practice. I enjoy rehearsal. I enjoy experimenting with different sounds and in the you know in idea of north we try everything no suggestion goes untried how about we do it like this so let's do it like this you know just do it and explore and you know understand i suppose especially in this industry like i said before that it's it's a continuous 
journey. Oh, I had that word, journey. Um, you know, when we watch the, watch the Biggest Loser, the drinking game, every time they say journey, I'm on a journey. Uh, but it's true, you know, you're never there with, with music, and that's awesome because there's always something better to come. I think um, I think we should finish today with one of one of the idea of North songs. I really like the Sarah McLachlan one. Yeah, it's beautiful. It uh, it's a gorgeous song, Angel. Yeah. It's very emotional. I remember when we were learning that, and you know, um, Naomi, our musical director, uh, writes our parts out in a program, computer program called Sibelius. Was she weeping? Well. I was when I was yeah, practicing it. You know, this is how we learn our music. You get sent an email with the with the the file, and you listen to it. It's computerized, so mm. it's not emotional in any way. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. you're singing along and reading the lyrics, and it was very moving. It's such a moving with song. The way she sings it, the original Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. I've, I've loved that song yeah, for years. and people do. And it know. was the first song I picked when I went mm. onto YouTube because there's lots of your stuff mm. on there, and I was just, oh, you know, when you get that. I don't know if that ha- this happens to you, but when I'm hearing something amazing, everything else goes quiet. Yeah. All mm. the background noise mm-hmm. disappears. I don't hear anything else. Mm. That's the power. The whole world could be crumbling, and yeah. that's what music does for you, I yeah. guess. It's powerful. That's what you feel when you're singing it as well. Indeed. The whole room goes white space. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Just yeah. pour yourself right into it. And this song is, is perfect to play, actually, today, because... As we were talking about, apparently what floats my boat, we've worked out, is that, you know, being able to affect people in that way. And this song, it really touches people. People will come up to us after shows just bawling, saying, you know, this is what it meant to me, and that's so special. Well, on that note, for one of a better note, term, yeah. it's been great having you. It's Thanks. been really appreciative. Thanks, guys. You're really, uh, you're really positive and upbeat, and I love it. Oh, love good. It. Thank you. Thank you for coming on our show. Yeah, welcome. Yes. Certainly, thank you for coming on our show. And now I've just got to work out how to turn it off. Huh? <laughs>
your 